Yeah, that one was a lot better, Andy. That one came out a lot cleaner, feeling a lot better here a couple hours into the show. And I just, I don't know whether to thank you or curse you or or what, but I'm going to spend the rest of the afternoon going through pro football reference trying to find ugly quarterbacks. It's a great theory. With Again, there are exceptions to the rule. Sure. But I think, by and large, in order to succeed at the NFL level as a quarterback, you have to be good looking. <laughs> but this this presupposes not model good looking, but you know, on the upper so, end of presentable. Ten years old, you're signed up for Pop Warner football for the first time. It's like uh, Johnny, take your helmet off. Hey, got a nice little cheekbones there, Johnny. You why don't you why don't you throw a few passes? Oh, hey, uh, Timmy, ooh. Put your helmet back on. You're the center. Here's the. What are, what are we doing here? I'm not saying this should be the way it is, and I'm not saying that I'm a proponent of this sort of, you know, profiling. Well, this uh, <laughs> it's profiling. It's, it's uh, facial you know, profiling. I, I really want to. I really want to put Bob as a quarterback, but damn, is he ugly? It's, it's not racial profiling. It's facial profiling. Yeah, and look, look, Dylan over there is a dreamboat. <laughs> now he can't throw it from me to the wall, but we got to put but, Dylan back. Behind but here's there. the thing, though: like often the quarterback is considered synonymous with the popular kid. The popular kid <laughs> sure. is often good looking, and once you become that person, <laughs> you eventually grow up to spread these genetics to your, you know, to your offspring, yeah. and th- these trends continue. This sounds like science to me. I, this is just ironclad scientific well, okay, theory. Look, there can be exceptions, and I think often for the exceptions, it's you you have to be able to offset it in a lot of ways. Like if you're not great looking, but you are a quarterback who's like a triple threat, you can run, you got the scrambling ability, you've got a cannon arm. Right. You can make the rest of not a defense you can't decipher. Right. You can make a team respond to you. Like because a lot of this is your charisma, and the charisma comes from your appearance. I, I picture everybody in the huddle being turned out <laughs> instead of turned in with this exception of the rules. Like, oh, I can't. Just, just call the play and let us get back saying, to work. I've given this, sadly, I, a lot of thought. I like it. I, I'm going to give it. Uh, look, I, I, th- this makes me feel a little bit better because now I know that my few, my my potential destiny as an NFL quarterback was thwarted by my face and not my <laughs> athletic ability. It's, I, <laughs> I mean, really, you had a good arm. I we did. know that you had I a did good have arm. a good arm. Yes. You know, I did. I could you, throw you accurately. You are proving my theory. This is amazing. Hey, listen, Trav can sling it. Like the, But I'm telling you. You had a good arm. You're big. <laughs> Yeah. You are athletic. I am. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, have you looked at that guy? Like, one eye is a little more squinty than the other. Like, he's got this weird deal where this his is... face doesn't line up really well. Wow. Hey, Brian and I are getting thanks. the Nobel this year. This is amazing. Thanks, coach. Yeah, go play tight end. I don't want to play tight end. I want to play quarterback. Go be a reliever. Yeah, it's not really for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's we a baseball can't, equivalent. We can't start a game with you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I I like this idea. I, I hope that it's true. Um, Funch, let's play Jeannie Buss here again. Uh, she did an interview with The Athletic um, with Sam Amick. Um, oh, my God. I just got a text. <laughs> what a got? <laughs> It'll be the new, quote, black quarterback thing. If an ugly person <laughs> can overcome this and become a great quarterback, it shows that we are progressing in society from racism to anti-ugly. <laughs> 
It's much easier to discriminate based on just pure hideousness. But we else. will eventually. There will eventually be a quarterback who transcends. Okay, so ugliness. here's the thing. Like, are we going to have Steve Buscemi quarterback in the NFL team? Oh, how dare you? <laughs> that is wrong. Are we going to have somebody like Marty Feldman walk in and start taking snaps for the Dallas Cowboys that will know we've transcended Boy. as a society and as a nation when just, the truly grotesque can just, take Just snaps like Jackie Robinson, it's always hard to be the first. It's always hard to be the first out. Like you're going to have to be awfully good, right? You're going to have to be able to stand some very pointed criticism. I need you to have the courage not to fight back. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Look, there should be a 30 for 30 on this. Look, we've got two things in development, right? So we've got our Glee (laughs) origin story. Wonder Twins. Wonder Twins movie. And now we've got our... Wonder um, Twins powers. Is the fast track to the NFL quarterback position based on your face. Or the greatest hindrance. (laughs) Or the greatest hindrance, right? I if I told going you? Through, yeah, what if I told you there was somebody so ugly they wouldn't let him play quarterback? I'd sign up for that. I would 100% why. Here's what Jeannie Buss had to say about Russell Westbrook getting closer and whether or not Patrick Beverly's arrival has anything to do with his potential, Russell Westbrook's potential exit. Yeah, I, I remember all the uh, you know video that circulated when the Lakers brought in Matt Barnes and his relationship with Kobe over the years, and now he becomes teammates with Kobe. We've seen these storylines before. Pat Beverly was brought here to play defense, to be that you know guy that knows how to push his teammates. It has nothing to do with Russ. He played pretty much every single game, showed up, worked hard. Um, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen what this team would have looked like if they stayed healthy. You know, I really appreciate him for who he is and what he brings to the team. So I think there's a couple of things in there. Let, let's start with the part near the end there where I would have liked to have seen like what this team looked like if they'd all stayed healthy. I don't think that there's a Laker fan out there, myself included, who doesn't share that sentiment. Yeah. That, that let, let's Before we completely just throw Russell Westbrook away for draft picks or send him home or buy him out or whatever it might be. Can we at least see if all three of these guys can play 15 or 20 games together, what it looks like? Can can we start there? I think she's right. I think that that's something that we're all. I think she's also speaking to as much as Westbrook was a bad fit last year, as long as he was attitudinally problematic for the team last year, he's been, he's become the avatar for everything that went wrong last season And it's not fair to Russ, and it's not accurate either. There were other problems that were not specific to Russ. Russ was just the loudest problem they have. Mm -hmm. Like, Russ's mistakes, Russ's turnovers, everything with Russ is loud when it happens. But he was not the only problem last year, and I would argue for the Lakers moving forward, he's not the biggest issue. He's not the biggest potential problem this team has or the biggest hindrance. What is can LeBron and AD stay healthy as a tandem moving forward together? Because it's only happened once. They got a championship okay, out of it. Let's assume, let, let's assume, for the sake of this, because I think this is interesting. Let's assume that they can. Let's assume that they can stay healthy. How good is that team? The, the, the team that basically, and what I'm describing is this, which is LeBron is healthy and looks like LeBron has looked some sort of average of the last two or three seasons. 
Anthony Davis is the best version of himself, which is really, really good. But you still have it. The, the remaining 10 or 12 roster spots are still basically what we have right now. How, how good is that team? It still feels they're better, but how much better? I think they're a low-end playoff team. Maybe high-end high play-in if the supporting cast really just does not provide enough. You know, there are issues or questions, I should say, with is there enough shooting? Mm -hmm. You know, are they going to be able to come together defensively well enough? You know, the the, the Lakers, in terms of the offseason, they brought in a lot of athleticism. Like, this team should be able to run more, which I know Darvin Ham wants to do. That's where the Lakers were at their best when they won that championship. But there's still questions on both sides. They're extremely guard-heavy. But, look, they, they upgraded the center rotation by a mile. Yep. Like, Thomas Bryant and Damian Jones is so much better than DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. probably the worst true center tandem in the league. Okay. I, I Kendrick Nunn theoretically comes back, represents a you know, 15-point-a-game score. Like, that's... That stuff is all helpful. So you're pointing, you're, you're painting a picture that I, I like. This is right? also the ceiling, by the I, way. I understand, but but that is a, a an attractive adjacent yeah. ceiling. But here here's the thing: what you just said a second ago. This was a team that just two years ago was the NBA champion, and they were an NBA champion for two really simple reasons: LeBron and AD balled out. Yeah, and they played defense. They had they they had an identity that were, they were either the best or the second best defensive team in the league. I forget, but they were right near the top. And then they decided to change course, to to change personnel, to let a bunch of guys go, bring some of them back. That didn't work partially because of injuries, which is when this started. But then they decided, okay, let's get rid of that. Now let's get really old and really experienced. And I, in theory. Okay, but it was a drastic departure from what they were when they were a championship team. Now fast forward to an, this upcoming season, and they're a different team than they were a year ago. That's like four different versions in four years. Well, that That is not what you're looking for. Well, I mean, it makes it really hard because continuity matters. Of course and it like, does. Look, I will give them a certain degree of pass when it came to the offseason after the championship because they were on – the bubble timeline and that new calendar, and they, they were basically turning over two months later. I don't think that team could have – you could have just run back that team on that short a rest. Like, I understand why they wanted to bring in, say, Dennis Schroeder and mm -hmm. Montrez Harrell and some fresher legs. I get but that. But it changed the team dramatically. Right. Right, but, it, and, and not just in a in a in a younger way, but in a in a concept. Well, and conceptually, I, they became a different. They team. became a different team conceptually. I think they made a mistake of bringing in like Schroeder and Harrell at the same time, both on contract and then years. They booted the the Caruso THT decision. Yes, it's, they it's, did. It's just it's that, a well, series of decisions. It was a self-imposed decision. Right. They didn't have to make but, it. But yes. then when they made it, they made the wrong decision. They, they, they forced themselves into a decision they didn't have to make, and then when they got to time to make a decision, they picked the wrong guy. And, and look, they were also, I think, and this is something that I've had issue with under, I mean, un, I'd say under the Palenka regime, but I think it's reflective of sort of the organizational ethos period. They don't, they don't build long-term. I don't think they put a big premium on anything other than stars. Like, they don't put a pr particularly big premium on role players. I think they've been pretty loose with the way they've treated draft picks. You know, like they attached a draft pick to Danny Green to get Dennis Schroeder, which, okay, but then they ended up losing Schroeder for nothing. They attached a pick in the Russell Westbrook deal. Like, I remember when that deal broke, 
I was like, oh, so they're getting a pick. Wait, wait, they gave one up? Like, why they would need to give up a pick to get Russell Westbrook or just the idea that you wouldn't care enough about that pick because if the Westbrook deal didn't work, all of a sudden you're you're starting to run low on different ways to retool the team because you've lost so many assets. So You should have retained Alex Caruso if for no other reason than have another asset there, have another salary slot there. This is my – what you just described is the th- my, my greatest problem with the last couple of years. And, and I want to come back and I want to start right there. This idea of – any one of these decisions or any one of these seasons can be chalked up to, well, this is what we were thinking in the moment. But the second half of it is the part that I just don't understand. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers, thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Just about anybody. I think I'd be, I'd, I'd make a good clay. Clay enjoys life. <laughs> yes, he does. Clay's got it all sewed up. Yeah. He's out there playing a little pong. He wins NBA championships. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. He's super rich. Loves his he dog. Kind of loves his dog. He's got a boat. Like, who doesn't? Hilarious like father. <laughs> Crazy dad. All of this stuff. It sounds pretty good. All right. Um, it's right now it's time for our Stat Hero of the Day. Stat Hero is presented by Stat Hero, the daily fantasy app that focuses on player lineups and not Vegas lines. That's huge. Sign up at stathero.com and use the promo code 710 for a 100% deposit match. That's promo code 710, Stat Hero, reshaping the future of daily fantasy. Visit stathero.com for details. Here's your stat of the day. Um, the Dodgers have 35 games left. They need to win 27 of them to tie the major league record for most wins in a season. They need to go 27 and eight. And before you say, hey, and that's, that's a really good record, right? That's an extraordinarily good run, but it's actually at a percentage that's slightly lower than what they've done for the rest of the season. And then last night, Michael Grove, who, and I'm trying not to be disrespectful to Michael Grove, it's probably the Dodgers 17th or 18th best pitcher. 
He won a game for them last night. He gave them – no, he didn't get the no, win. No, 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 Craig Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell got <laughs> the win. <laughs> he put them in a position to win this game. They could get to 116 wins throwing guys like Michael Grove and Ryan Pepio, and the guys that need to be ready for the playoffs can get ready for the playoffs. There, we, we were talking about this last week. Like, we've reached a place now where if the Dodgers win the World Series, forget the idea that it feels expected now. Like, it doesn't even feel impressive. Like, they're so much better than everybody else. Like, it's impressive, like, in terms of how great they are. But winning the World Series won't feel impressive. It will feel like It will feel like they beat, like, a college team. It, <laughs> until you see him play Jacob DeGrom tomorrow. And, and yeah. th- that, that could be one of those, all right, you're, you're not going to face the guy that's barely holding on to a spot in the Marlins rotation. Right, but they, they took I, on the Cy Young guy from the they, Marlins. They smoked Corbin Burns twice. They smoked Sandy Alcantara. They've done really well against the Braves' best pitchers this season. DeGrom is that next level. Yeah, and, sure. And look, here, here are the possible outcomes and my possible response to those outcomes. Dodgers get locked up by Jacob DeGrom. They lose the game 6-1. to one. Okay, response next day for me. Eh. Jacob Degrom's really good. They're they're probably going to lose when he pitches, just like everybody is going to lose when he pitches. But we get to go throw our guy against his guy. We're gonna it's going to come in a little bit. We're not going to throw right. Tyler Anderson against right. Jacob Degrom. If the Dodgers have a close game, then you feel pretty good about it. Here are the other two. If the Dodgers win a close game, you feel pretty good about it. What if the Dodgers hit him a little bit? What if they score five runs in five innings? Not totally. That's unlikely, but it could certainly happen. And now you're thinking, okay, that's your best punch, and we just smacked it around. Then I think we're getting closer to what you're talking. Well, about. this is what this reminds me of when the when the Dodgers were taken on the Padres, like the new look Padres, for the first time. It was actually the first series after Vin Scully died. I was at were, that game, yeah, right. And they were doing all the tributes to Vin Scully, and that felt like, if nothing else, a potentially like important series from a psychological standpoint because the Padres were really looking to announce themselves mm-hmm. and say like look you know the whole little brother thing that's gone on forever since like, 1969 right like when they were hatched ain't happening anymore <laughs> moving forward like right. this is a different team and the Dodgers just ran rough shot over them i'm not saying i'm predicting that with the Mets or that this automatically becomes the same thing but there is a chance that you can establish some psychology if the Dodgers, say, beat them pretty handily two out of three or however many games there are in this series. Three. three. Yeah. They beat them pretty handily two out of three, and the one that they lose is a respectable performance against DeGrom. Mm-hmm. You're letting them know, like, hey, you guys are pretty good. You sure you're as good as us? Yeah. I think that there's a psychological component that exists for the Mets, that doesn't. For, the Dodgers could conceivably go in there and lose all three games. I don't think there's one guy that's getting on that plane to fly back to California to take on the Padres. It's like, hey guys, we got a prop. Not one single I guy. Not not Dave Roberts. Not from your best player Mookie Betts down to the 25th guy that you just called. It, not one guy's like, uh oh. The opposite though, I think is true. Where if the Dodgers go and win that series series decisively, then it's really. I mean, they're that much better. Well, than here's us. the thing, too. Like, the Mets need more evidence because it's been so long since they did anything in the playoffs, mm-hmm. much less won a World Series. Like, the Dodgers, like, they're going to care 
if they get swept by the Mets, if nothing else, they got to think about the matchups moving forward. And if we see these guys in the playoffs, what do we need to do? The Dodgers know how good they are in part because they've been consistently this good. The Mets have not been in the playoffs since 2016. Yeah. Greg, I asked you this earlier, that who who are you more concerned with in a postseason environment, the Mets or the Braves? And you quickly jumped on the Mets, which surprised me because the Braves are the Braves and the Mets are in a real race. They're, yes. they're really close to each other. The Braves, to Andy's point, are far more seasoned. They, they have far more guys that have been through this a bunch of times. They're the defending world champions. I know that their roster's turned over a little bit, but they're pitching. And they might not have a DeGrom. But Max Fried is probably number two in the Fantastic. That he's, I, I don't get why you have the Mets ahead of the Braves. Uh, mostly because it's it's not a repeat thing most of the time. You don't win the World Series two years in a row. It hasn't happened since the Yankees in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult to get back to that spot. And also, in a series, they're gonna have to, the Braves are going to have to see the Mets at some point. So that's a tough series to get through DeGrom and Scherzer in an earlier season, in the, in the division series most likely. That's a tough, tough spot because you're going to get both of those guys. And they're probably going to win both of those games. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm just more worried about those two pitchers than I am anyone's. And then he throw in Chris Bassett, who's a good pitcher too, good. and we're seeing on, seeing on, uh, Thursday. So yeah, I'm just more worried about because of their pitching and they got a lot of power on that team too. I mean, look at they're they're ahead. They're what eight games back of the Dodgers, and they're on a crazy pace. So are the Braves. The Braves have been playing lights out too. But they got again. I know you've got Alonzo on one side, but you got a, a Riley on the Atlanta side. Like they the Acuna. They kind of they kind of yeah. match. Other than very very top line pitching, uh, give me the experience. I, I, to I your get point, it. Andy, the, and Showalter has a little bit of that weird factor where he kind of sticks his finger in things at the last minute when he probably shouldn't. I don't love that. Yeah, who's the closer for the Braves? Oh, it's Henley Jansen. Yeah. Is, or is Jansen still pitching? He was out for a little he bit. He was out, but, I mean, by the time you get to the end of the line, he's, that's going to be your guy. Right. So, I mean, it's Edwin Diaz versus Henley Jansen at the back end there. Diaz has been fantastic this year. I kind of trust that a little bit more than Kenley and in the playoffs. And he's got the trumpets. <laughs> yeah, he does have the trumpets. I mean, look, <laughs> the trumpet, that was pretty seen, damn cool. That, oh, yeah, yeah. Isn't incredible. that amazing? It is incredible. It's so great. I love that. Like, it is theater. It's amazing. It's the best one I've heard since um, Gagne's Welcome to the Jungle. That that one, Rivera's Sandman are really good. Hell's Bells for Trevor Hoffman, really good. But this is unique. It's the same thing, only entirely well, unique. You know what it feels like to me? Because like it's so theatrical. It feels like you're going back to like Roman gladiator times. <laughs> like you're really turning this into like pomp and circumstance that this guy has entered the arena, so to speak. All right, here's one for you. This is from Mark Stein, who of course covers the NBA. He just tweeted the following. Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly have already been in contact since becoming Laker teammates. League sources tell me, and new coach Darvin Ham has told them he has lineups in mind to play Russ and Pat Bev side by side. Yes! <laughs> yes! Come on! I, you, are you buying any of that? I want to buy it. I so badly <laughs> want to buy this. After a 10-year feud, I have to see these guys as teammates. It's unfair to us to have had them feuded this openly and like this truly hating each other. And you don't put them in a room together for a couple of weeks. Come on. <laughs> Come on, you, man. You, you like it because you want to see the fireworks or you like it because you think that there's a universe where those two pieces work together in some meaningful way. I'd like to say both. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I will say this. Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook in theory, could actually work together. They actually could because Patrick Beverly does not need the ball. 
You know, he is a secondary, as I like to say, thirdary playmaker at best. Like he's he's often a guy spotting up. You know, he can take over running the offense a bit, but he's not a high usage guy by any stretch. He can actually space the floor. So if you played Russ and Beverly together, you're not worried about both of them not being able to space the floor at all. Like neither you're going to cover Patrick Beverly, or you're at least going to care that Patrick Patrick Beverly is taking threes. Mm-hmm. Patrick Beverly can take the tougher assignment out of the backcourt, or if you start getting into cross matches, maybe you hide Russ on the guy one through three on the other team that you need to guard the least. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's a great idea in terms of how it would actually play out. I'm saying from a pure strengths, weaknesses, functionality thing, it could work plus I need to see. <laughs> plus you get all this. the fireworks. I need to see them together in training camp doing those pictures together. <laughs> I, I can tell you where they're going to be standing. <laughs> one no. side is no, no, Russ, no, 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 one no, side no. is they got, they got to take. You know, they should they both have their hands on the ball. They got, the yes, the they got to take those jumbo, tr- you know, those jumbotron like yeah, yeah. things. <laughs> Come do, on, do them collectively. Yes, I like it. I like it. it this to me, and, and it, this leads us perfectly into what I wanted to talk about, which is th- this can't possibly be your plan. <laughs> this can the the plan could not have been. Hey, let's go. Who who are the two guys that have the most beef in the league? Let's put them together and hope that in the hope of hopes, what you just described is the residue of that relationship together. Man, they, they've talked the, things through. That chemistry experiment, if you did it a hundred times, blows up ninety eight of them. But the two times that you mixed it exactly right, you might get it. Give me the two. Actually, give me the not, give me either. It's I'm not saying do this the whole such year. A slapdash plan, but it's not. Here's doing. the thing, though. That's not a plan. That is what you do when you have to do it. Like I can promise you, the Lakers, if they keep Russell Westbrook this year, it's not because the plan all along was to keep Russell Westbrook. It's what is the plan that we have to enact because these are the options in front of us. Pat Bev and Russell Westbrook just happens to be the most potentially entertaining. (laughs) There's another plan, too. There's another kid in the mix that apparently we need to start preparing to make room for. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, and he's in for Slee on 710 ESPN. Have you gone out to Rotolo Chevrolet in Fontana yet? You really should because, A, great vehicles, great prices, but, B, you got to go let Mike Capozio and his team at Rotolo Chevrolet show you what customer service is all about. If you're in the market for a vehicle, Chevy car, truck, Go see Mike and his team at Rotolo Chevrolet in Fontana because there's a reason they've been dealer of the year nine years in a row. There's a reason they've sold more Chevys than anybody since going back to 2013. It's because they know how to take care of people over and over. It's not one of those things, hey, the customer comes first. You hear that all the time. They believe it. It is it is an absolute genetic component of how these guys operate at Rotolo Chevrolet. Go see Mike Capozio and his team right off the 210 freeway, the Sierra exit. That tweet that somebody sent you, Andy, there's no way that that's accurate, right? There's no way the Raiders have botched their drafts that badly. No, it is uh, accurate. It's from Field Yates of uh, ESPN, uh, fantasy guy. Greg, you're going to want to cover your ears for this. I'm feeling attacked today, Travis. (laughs) Unsafe work environment. We're talking about the Bruins and the Raiders. I see Sam walking by. Sam, we got an HR. (laughs) As uh, Field Yates tweeted out, Raiders first-round picks from 2019 to 2021 2019, defensive end Cleland Farrell, running back Josh Jacobs, safety Jonathan Abram, 
Fifth-year options declined. 2020, wide receiver Henry Ruggs III and cornerback Damon Arnett both waived following off-field incidents. Mm -hmm. Ruggs, obviously, tragic. Yes. 2021, Alex Leatherwood waived after one season. And, Greg, you were quick to throw Mike Mayock under the bus. Well, it was all him. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Well, him and Gruden. No, it was Gruden, and he put Mike Mike Mayock. Hey, I need you to stand here next to me so when this goes bad, guys like Bergman will blame you for this. (laughs) He's the GM. No, he's not. When you're handpicked by the head coach, the head coach is the GM. Well, we don't have John Gruden anymore because of his nonsense, and we don't have Mike Mayock anymore because he's nothing. So we have, look, we got Josh McDaniels now. Now and I forget who the GM is, but Slee is going to be so disappointed in his Raiders when he comes back. Oh, by the way, upset of upsets. I got a text from him yesterday. Wow. I, I, I where is he? Look, he's on his way to Utah. He's going to some national parks at Bryce, Zion, and maybe, um, I forget the other one, not churches. Some, What's it called? Arches. Doing some arches. ayahuasca. Churches. I just think like, arches <laughs> sticks in my head. Not like the chicken place. <laughs> That's what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. Church's chicken. <laughs> yeah. Not, not that. The national park, I believe it's called Slee Arches. was set up a tent inside of church. <laughs> he's he's going to hit that With and surprise. then Pioneer and then Popeyes. <laughs> he's going to hit all of the, the chicken spots along the way. No, but he was going through Vegas and I got not one, but two texts from Mr. Sliwa. I thought that it would be radio silence until uh, a week from today when he comes back, but uh, two. I, I, was it, it pictures of Allegiant Stadium? It, one of them was. Yeah. yeah he's, was, he's leaning in. I one, love it. One of them was, and the other one was he saw a billboard with Shania Twain on it, <laughs> which is his, uh, that's his girl. So, yeah, those are the two. I can't I wait to go to that game with him, by the way. You think he's going to do it? I don't. Have you heard the, the plan, Andy? No, I have not. So, Allen was a Charger fan, mm-hmm. and he had his heart broken by the Spanises. And so he's now – his his favorite team was whoever could break the Chargers' heart. So he's trying to adopt a Raider persona now. Greg and he are going to go to the opening game, the Raiders and the, the Chargers, at SoFi Stadium. But we want him to be fully Raiderfied, like face oh, yeah. paint and the whole thing. You think he's going to do it? I do. I do think he's going to do it. He was already looking up um, shoulder pads <laughs> with the with the spikes on them. I don't know why you think that they're not going to let him in. I, I hope that they do. No, no, they will. I, I, I hope so, but I wouldn't be. He needs to be prepared to leave those in the bin outside the gate. <laughs> then he don't want to spend a ton of money on that. Well, I think if you tell them that you're 710's Alan Sliwa. <laughs> well, maybe that. They'll probably make an exception. The golden ticket. It I mean, be. we are at least tangentially connected to that stadium as a station. <laughs> true, true. Um I don't think so. Are you? What, what are you gonna? What's your apparel? So I don't have anything right now. I was gonna get a. I was gonna get a, just a Raiders jersey and go okay. like whatever he. But if he wants, if he needs the support and wants me to paint my face with him and get you know the, the shoulder pads with the spikes, whatever it happens to be, I will do whatever he would like to do so, just to go into that stadium. I think together. it's really interesting, just from a psychological standpoint, that Allen decided to latch on not just to a different team but to a rival. Yeah, because well, that's saucy. Don't get me wrong. But it takes an entire rewiring of your brain. Like, for example, like I know what Allen's going through because I grew up in St. Louis as a huge fan of the old St. Louis Cardinals, now the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. And I was super bitter. You had a Jim Hart left. poster in your room. I did. I, <laughs> Deerdorf, Jim Hart, Neil sure. Lomax, <laughs> there you go. EJ Jr., Vice, oh, Sikahima. Yeah. I could go down the whole line. Wow. Oh, no. I, I, I was a fanatic of those teams, and I was bitter when they left. And I went around trying to adopt different teams as an NFL orphan. Like, I was a Vikings fan for a while. I was a Niners fan for a little while. But it never None of it stuck. 
Well, it's hard to do that from a distance. Like, fanhood needs to be organic in some way. It needs to come from somewhere real. But the thought of becoming a fan of the Cowboys, the then Redskins, the Giants or the Eagles, the rivals of the then St. Louis Cardinals when they were part of the NFC East. Right. That never crossed my mind. Like, that, <laughs> that was a hell no. I, that's why I'm worried. I had to make a compromise sticking. with my wife, who's a <laughs> cowboy diehard. Yeah, that I will just no, tolerate them. There, there is a. Th- this is my fear for Sleeberg that he's going to go and have a good time. But when the Raiders play, excuse me, when the Chargers play the Chiefs a few weeks after that, or they play the the, the Denver Broncos, that he's going to be watching the Broncos beat the Chargers as opposed to the Raiders playing the Seahawks. Or See, something he, like he that. can't do it though. Like that's what I try to talk to him from the very beginning. If you're going to be a Raiders fan. You have to be a Raiders fan. You are. We will bring you in. We will watch you join our side and become Raider Nation. But you have to actually be a part of the nation. You can't go being Chiefs fans. You can't be Denver Bronco fans. You got to get no, a license one plate or frame, the other. Sticker. The, yes. You got to get them a Raider Nation. You're either tattoo. in or you're out. We only <laughs> we want you in. I'm glad you brought up the tattoo yeah. because I feel like if you are coming over from the fan base of a true rival. Because, like, Raiders-Chargers, that's a real, a real rivalry. Yeah. Like, he should have to prove it more. Like, you got to make sure you know he's not, like, a sleeper cell, like he's not a spy. <laughs> like, this isn't one big play to bring the Chargers back into the fold. I don't think it's a, a sleeper-Charger thing. I think that it's his favorite team is whoever can screw the Chargers. That's it. it if it's the Raiders twice but a that's year, just, great. That's not being a Raider fan. That's just latching on to something convenient. Like, I think Bergman, you do need to put Sliwa through some paces. Yes. No, he needs to go through it. We're going to go to a Raiders tailgate. We're going to be with the Raiders fan, and he's going to be ingratiated into our presence. It has to happen. Well, that means jumping him in, correct? Like, yeah, on, oh, on absolutely. Level, like, blood like, in, blood out, my man. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, let, let's just get to the heart of this. Like, just attending a tailgate, that, that's fun. That's not a test. He needs to start a fight. It yes. needs to go viral. That, 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 that's basically what it so is. That, are you a Raider fan or you're not? <laughs> He needs to start a fight and then have it go viral and then just be like, what? I mean, I'll That's tell you this. When, when I went to USC, it, it, you know, it was in the 90s, and it was before, you know, USC, frankly, started gentrifying in a lot of ways. They started building up stuff around there, and a lot more money got put in the area. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was much more unsafe. You know, it was there was a lot of stuff happening around then. I was more frightened the weekend the Raider fans came to the Coliseum than I ever was any other time around USC when there would be legit stuff happening. Raider fans frighten me way more. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how invested he is as the season goes on and whether they have a, a decent season or not. I, I, I'm the same. I'm like, hoping it sticks. Blood and blood I want out, it man. to stick. No, that's what I'm it just, is. I'm you, you're, you're a Raider fan. You're a Raider fan. Don't start messing around with these other teams. Um, LeBron uh, is on the cover of Sports Illustrated, Punch, with both yes. of his sons, with both Bronny and with Bryce. And now we're talking about... Uh, what did Le- the LeBron quote was? I'm paying attention to who has first round picks. Uh, 20, 24, 24, 25, also 26, 27. Look, I, I am a LeBron James fan, have been for a very long time, even pre Lakers. I'm, I'm team LeBron. I think it would be a remarkable achievement for him to be able to play with one or both of his sons. 
I just cannot imagine that there's a team that is looking that far down the line and said, we need to clear the decks so we can do that. I, I get it from LeBron's perspective, but this seems so incredibly self-indulgent to the point of you're really asking a team to do something extraordinary what could be four years from now. I mean, you're talking so far down the line. It's far enough that you get to one of the first-round picks that the Lakers actually control. <laughs> In 2027. Like, that's how far in the distance we're talking about. The Lakers actually regain control of a draft pick. No no way, right? That, that The brawny component of it seems possible because LeBron could still be an impactful that's NBA player. That's still pushing the that limits point. with brawny. It is because, look, I, I'm not a basketball scout. The The reviews on Bronny seem to be mixed, shall we say, that, that some people think he's got maybe a future as a pro. Other people feel strongly that he does not, based purely on his game. That might not matter because dad, LeBron, two years from now, LeBron's going to be a good player. LeBron's going to be a, an attractive box office yeah. piece. So if I got to give up a spot that's my 13th or 14th spot for a guy to get the guy, okay, you may, maybe. I don't think a good team would do something like that. But somebody that's looking to catch some eyeballs might. Beyond that, it's, it's ludicrous. That's where I always think this theory with or, you know, this goal of LeBron is going to be tested. Like the idea of, you know, keeping his options open so he can team up with Bronny or now we're learning also uh, Bryce as well. Like, I have a feeling that if Bronny gets, say, selected by the Kings, LeBron's going to decide, you know what? I want my son to be his own man. But if, if- – I don't, <laughs> don't want to overshadow the things that he's doing. I know if I join this team, it's going to become about me. I remember how special my rookie season was. And, God, you know, I, I don't happens. want anything to take away from his experience. I got nothing. That's <laughs> that's Yes, that's exactly what would happen. Look, he's not a high draft pick projected to be. And in barring something extraordinary changing over the next couple of years, this is going to be a, a we'll put him on the team if you come and do this, right? That's the scenario that exists. Could be. I mean, look, you never know. I mean, there are guys who improve their stock. Like, often it takes just one good season. And particularly if you were LeBron James's son, one good season might be enough to convince everyone, no, really, it's in the genes. Yeah. This guy's probably pretty good. The Bryce, the younger brother, apparently is really, really good. And and more, it, to, to say he's more like the old man is so unfair yeah. to the kid. It goes, but more like the old man. Again, <laughs> should remind people, he might become eligible around 2027. That's when the Lakers actually control their picks. Hey, Tom Brady. I mean, I know that it's not apples to apples, okay. but he's still knocking around in his mid-40s. I have a theory with this. Hit me. They're close. Tom Brady and LeBron James, yeah. you know, they, they dap each other up publicly all the time yeah. over social I think they have deep respect for each other. Is this a competition between them to see who can okay. stay in a league longer? So you know who else had that going on? And from two totally different sports, the the that kind of they're on equivalent levels, and then it petered out for reasons that had nothing to do with sports. Tiger Woods and Roger Federer used to do that. They they were competing for major and they would openly say, Hey, I got my fourteenth, I got my fourteenth. And then Tiger's wife got upset, and <laughs> things, things happened after that. Too many trips but, to Perkins. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you didn't rightfully upset the me add. <laughs> and, you know, it, but, but, yeah, so I think the that is. The slightest thing sets her off. <laughs> no, I mean, 
for the life of me. Okay, well, let's one, just... one trip to 7-Eleven, and we've got 25 majors out of Tiger My conspiracy Woods. theory, I'll bring this up on the way and, the break. And we got the dump on okay. the other side. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. All right, Andy, before we go to the dump, I need your theory that you're going to hit us with at the end of last segment. Okay, well, we're talking about is this a competition between LeBron and Tom Brady, Brady to see who can play the oldest. Tom Brady had been set to retire heading into this season. All of a sudden, LeBron has a remarkably great season for a guy of his age. 30 points a game. Yeah. Making it clear, like, even if he is, by LeBron's standards, in relative decline, he is still playing better than 97, 98% of the league. Mm -hmm. Start thinking about maybe his window is a little wider than I thought. Brady decides to play one more season, push it up to 45. It fits. It tracks. Because here, here, here's the thing I don't get about LeBron or Tom Brady or, or any of these guys. I, Brady a little bit more so because of the potential problems a football player could face. And, and I get the r rules are different. They don't hit quarterbacks a ton, but it exists. And they don't hit him. Right, and they really don't hit him. Tom Brady's still a really good NFL player last year. Like, why Why would I want to stop playing? Because you, you, you're not going to get to do it forever, all evidence aside for, from him. But there is something about, I wonder how long I can push this out. Because he was not, Ben Roethlisberger, it's time to go, right? Very clearly, it was time for him to call it a career and go do whatever he's going to go do next. Tom Brady's still in the, the handful of best quarterbacks in the league. Right, but the flip side is... At this age, because you know, even if he's still playing at this level, it takes more it does. work to stay at that level. There's Apparently nothing... 11 days less work than it took last year. There's, <laughs> <laughs> well, as he said, got, got a lot of, going on. A lot of stuff going on. He's 45 years old. All right, let's start right here. Donovan Mitchell, everybody uh, get excited. Donovan Mitchell has removed the Utah Jazz from his Twitter bio. I, I, I understand that I'm not the sweet spot for social media um, conversations. And Music whatnot. is none of my business. Music is no, nor is Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> this feels so dumb to me. And then he's not the first one to do it. It happens all the time. Well, Kyler Murray, don't take you off my Instagram. I don't love you anymore. Like, what, what are we doing here? Just get traded. It's fine. Go get traded. I know, no problem there, but these silly little middle school tactics things always make me think less of the guy. Well, what I love too is, when they try to throw you off the scent or create plausible deniability because, and I never follow Donovan Mitchell on Instagram. I'm just taking the word of other internet sleuths. He apparently removed his Louisville references as well. Okay. So he could just say, look, you know, I'm just doing a cleaning. It's just a cleaning of my Little Instagram. Late summer exactly. cleaning of the Instagram. All right. Yeah, sure. I'm going to go with the Kyler Murray. There. You heard my feelings. So I'm taking you off. Maybe this is him pressing it up because the Knicks just extended R.J. Barrett, which makes it more difficult. He's, it's essentially now a poison pill provision in his contract, makes it much more difficult to include Barrett in a deal that would bring Mitchell to the Knicks. This is him applying more pressure on the Jazz to get him out of there. All right, Albert Pujols hit his 450th home run last night. or He had a home run off the 450th different pitcher of his career, which is just bananas when you stop and think about it. He's at 694, and he's not just – he's scorching hot all of a sudden. he He's in real danger against left-handed pitchers. 
Do you care if he gets the 700 home runs or not? Because as a as a baseball fan growing up as a kid, when a guy got close to 500, you were watching everyone. You know, the occasion 600, Bonds and McGuire and Sammy and all those guys. We got caught up in that, and then we realized it was just a bunch of nonsense. Did they ruin a chase like this? Because 700, there's only three guys that have hit 700 home runs. He's six away. I know. You know what? First of all, I clearly don't care because I didn't know until you just told me. There you go. But I think the difference, though, with Pujols versus, like, Bonds is Bonds was playing at a much higher level than Pujols, which makes it feel like Pujols is doing this more just on longevity. You know, he's had a bit of a bounce back. He played reasonably well when he was with the Dodgers, stuff like that. But he doesn't feel like a full player in the way Bonds was when he set that record. 700. I know. No, it's it's incredibly impressive. It's very... It's Ruth and it's Aaron. Oh, yeah. Those are the only guys that have done that. I'm not trying to take away from it. I'm just saying, like, this might be why it's not getting the same type of hype. It feels different because Greg and I were disagreeing on this. Aaron Judge is going to make a run at 60. Okay, mm-hmm. he, he's getting close. He's, he's got 50. 50. He's 50 got 50 right with a month to go, month plus, right, that they play into the first week of October. When he gets close to 60, which was the magic number for like 50 years, right? That when you got near that, they were cutting in. They were showing every McGuire at bat, every Sosa at bat, every Bonds at bat as it got closer and closer. Because it's not the record anymore, officially at least, are we going to see a chase for Aaron Judge? Are we going to see them cut into other programming to show Aaron Judge at bats? Yes. I don't think so. I do. I Why? absolutely think so because he's a Yankee and he's going to hit and he's going to be, he's going to, on the pace to pass Roger Maris in his 61. So that's a big deal. They're going to, they will absolutely cut in front of that. See, I don't think they will. I don't think and so. It's either. in part because baseball isn't in the zeitgeist the way it used to be, but also because oh, 100% when, when Bonds will. was setting these records and breaking something of, say, McGuire, McGuire was at the time seen as heroic, whereas Bonds was a villain. Mm hmm. I don't think people have an opinion on Judge as a personality one way or the other. I think he's generally well-liked, but I don't think he moves the needle Right, and he has no foil on top of it. I I want you to picture this, Greg. I'm trying to think of what could be taking place on a late September. College football. Yeah. ESPN has a college football game on. Aaron Judge is sitting on 59, 60 home runs. They're cutting away to show that? Not a chance. Yes, I, I actually think they will. Because high it profile is because college game, yeah, high profile college game. I think they'll go away on ESPN. I know he's laughing no, at me. Way. No <laughs> way, Ireland's bad. I do think they will. It's a, it's still a big deal no because most people don't believe. <laughs> there is zero chance they are dumping out of a college. It's not dumping. I mean, just a, you, you put it like in a box in the corner. We, I mean, you could double box it, but for who? <laughs> like you and me, Greg, are baseball guys, right? Like we want to see this stuff. We'll I still flip think... over to MLB Network to see it. As... When was the last time someone even got close to sixty? It's been a while. It's been, it's a, while. been a while. Yeah. So I think it's it's a big enough deal that I think they will at least put a box in the corner. Yeah, I think you if that box that. happens to be like block you from seeing some guy do a run <laughs> yeah. or an incredible catch, people are going to be mad. Not Zero chance. Not a chance. No, I, I, I'm with you on that. All right, one more here. Uh, September thirtieth is going to be Elton John bobblehead night at Dodger Stadium. That's a bobblehead of him. It's an iconic. He had a very um, famous concert at Dodger Stadium. Absolutely. The sequin Dodger uniform, and yeah. that's going to be the bobblehead. I, I'm, I'm a bobblehead guy, but that's one in particular that I would like to I have. think that's really cool. It's awesome.
That's a really fun ball. He's coming back to Dodger Stadium, yes? Yeah, he's coming out. He's like retired. Okay, all I'm going to say is I've forked out a lot of money for the last two Elton John goodbye Yellow Brick Road. (laughs) I'm leaving. This is it. Where he literally went up an escalator into a cloud thing, waving to everybody. It was like, and now he's coming back for more. There is no bigger grift than the farewell tour. I, it's no, it is gr- absolutely. I remember yeah. the Who did like 25 years of they still, goodbye. T- they still might be doing them. Yeah, it's yeah. a grift. I saw the final tour of Motley Crue at the uh, Honda, Honda Center a few years ago. <laughs> I think I'll get a chance to see that again once they get low on funds. I just feel like that'll circle back one more time. What was the dates for uh, Elton John Fund? November 17th, 19th, and 20th. There you go. So you there it is. I knew he was coming. Show. There you go. It's time for a little super cross talk. Do you want me to do your yip, 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 yip? <laughs> there it is. I always, I always get it wrong. I always get it wrong. Um, I want to start you guys with this. Today, apparently, they're going to start shooting Beverly Hills Cop 4. Yeah. Right oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. this, is a, this is genius. My my response was similar to yours, John. I, I feel like we... Did he learn nothing from the three. Coming America reboot? Right. I mean, Very fresh, on. very Coming original. Hollywood <laughs> strikes again. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, what, Eddie, I mean, I thought Eddie, coming, Eddie. Did you, what do you think of the Coming to America sequel? Not good. Yeah, not good at all. M- mediocre. Yeah, no, just not Medi- good. It wasn't a disaster. It wasn't blasphemous. By the way, Beverly Hills Cop, good. great movie. Yes. Beverly Hills yeah. Cop 2, pretty good. It's okay. Beverly Hills Cop okay. 3, terrible. Paycheck movie. Yeah. What is yeah. 4 going to be? <laughs> but I heard you playing. Harold Fultemeyer. Yes. Playing right uh, now. The, yes. uh, the theme song. And, yes. you know, this is the only musical only no lyrics song that ever charted while I was running a radio station. The, the, I don't remember another, uh, what do you call it? A musical, just, just music. Instrumental. No, an instrumental. instrumental that's yes. right. Only instrumental song that ever charted. Chariots of Fire. No, I don't, that didn't that chart. That was a huge like, hit. I, it, was, it was not a top 40 oh, radio hit. Let me look this didn't up, Didn't play man. on 93 yeah. Also look up the Mission Impossible theme when it came out, when you 2 did it. I well, think that, you that do, <laughs> Mission Impossible. Yeah, you two, you two did the Mission Impossible okay. theme when Cruz brought the franchise. But with back. lyrics or no lyrics? No lyrics. No lyrics. And I think it charted. Yeah. I, I, if you told me Beverly Hills Cop, I can conjure this in my brain. But when you mentioned Chariots of Fire, instantly know what it is. What am I? Hit me with the Mission Impossible bar. Dun 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 dun. Yeah, it was a number one single. What was U.S. Chariots of Fire? Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I was not like a adult contemporary station. You wouldn't play that on a top forty station coming out of. You want something coming out of like Harold Fall coming out of Van Halen Jump? Look at let's go to Chariots of Fire. See if that ever charted. Yeah, but. The one you two did. Okay. So uh, we were talking about Eddie Murphy movies, right? Yes. And so you got to kick one of these off, right? It's gone. Yep. Okay. Beverly Hills Cop. Yep. Coming to America. Yep. Trading Places, 48 Hours. One of them's got to go. Beverly Hills Cop, Trading Places, Coming to America. 48 Hours. Really? I refuse your premise that you cannot get rid of any of those I will movies. Kick, by the way, I heard you guys talking about this. 48 Hours it's is like his, so great. where he just there, explodes there, onto you, the it's scene. Yeah, it's his film It's debut. great. Coming to America, great. Very funny. Great. I would My go, son works. <laughs> I would go uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I would. John, you got to pick. No. God. I wouldn't. There's no way I'm getting rid of 48 Hours. That's and what 48 I Hours. That's there's, what I picked. Coming you to America. 48 hours? Trading Places. Yeah. I think it's Beverly Trading, Hills Cop. Trading Places is iconic. It's either Beverly Hills Cop 
What's the one I'm leaving out? Coming to America. Coming to America. No, no. Coming to America is trading places. Trading places. Coming to America, trading places are 48 hours. So it's either 48 hours or Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. I'm with Mason. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting rid kick, of Beverly Hills Cop. I'm going to kick Beverly Hills Cop. Trading places. If I have Trading to, places. I think it is, for me at least, it's the most. It's the mo- it's relative. It is the most forgettable of the four, particularly, oh, as, not an Eddie, as, particularly as an Eddie Murphy vehicle. I think it is the most. Yeah, that's Bill McDonald and I, when we went to Philadelphia, ran to the front of Duke and Duke so we could take a picture there. That I, it's, I, trading places is I, I, for my money, that John Landis Murphy at his at his peak. Yeah, I I just think when they pick him up off his cart in the jail, in the jail where he he says, "Didn't I tell you the phone in my limo was busted (laughs) and I can't get a hold of my? I'll use the word witches." Yeah. Didn't that tell you? You know who that is? Hmm. In the cell with him? What? It's Gus Fring, right? Correct. Yeah. Oh! It's Giancarlo yeah. Esposito, yeah. Wow. Yeah. who turned out to be one of the biggest badass <laughs> yeah. villains ever. But, he, but he's basically playing a guy in jail with Eddie Murphy yeah. repeating everything. Didn't he tell you the phone in his number one question? Yeah. And, yeah, that's Giancarlo Esposito. By the way, I heard you shout out Dolomite. Yes. Which is, if anybody has not seen Dolomite. I haven't I think seen it. Dolomite is my name. It, Dolomite is It's on Netflix, yes. right? It is... One of Eddie Murphy's best performances. Really? But wait a minute, what's the other one he did that's kind of like that, where he, he's in a movie? They're Bowfinger. 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 Yeah, Bowfinger. Yeah. Bowfinger. Yeah. Very really similar. Good. Very yeah. similar, yeah. yeah. Dolomite is It's my better name. than Bowfinger, because I love Bowfinger. Bowfinger is really funny. I think funny. Dolomite is better than right. Bowfinger. Well, he's the star of this, too. Yeah. It's really And it's a good. really colorful guy he's playing, and yeah, it's a really, really fun movie. Bowfinger has Counterpoint. Bowfinger has Heather Graham. I love Bowfinger. Yeah, just love throwing it out there. Yeah, these are important. His face, yeah, she takes off her shirt. <laughs> You're an important great. movie. You're There's a big star. <laughs> All right, so Bergman was telling me that you guys were talking about. By the way, yesterday. too much Bergman on the show today. I was <laughs> listening. No such thing. It was a lot got, of Bergman. He got, he got mad. I was gone. It was a lot of he Bergman. He got mad when I wasn't. What was the question, Berg, about talking to Something uh, about, yeah, my parents. Yeah. We, oh, he tried yeah. to take the show to a dark place, and we had to. Oh, we had God. To right it was going to go very dark. That's so you. <laughs> what What's going on with your Starbucks cup in the restroom? What did I miss yesterday? Oh. Okay. So I, th- th- this is it. I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah, this is a very tell good Tell me. I'll, I'll, I'm going to present it just facts, okay. and you tell me if you have any issue with any of this. Mason, every day, Mason and I both get Starbucks drinks. Yep. And so people know. Kind of what we get. Mason's is like a red one. Did red. I get Jamaican tea. It. I already drank I've it. Yeah. It. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Mason went into the the bathroom. We yep. have a we have a bathroom on this floor, and he went into the. There's one large, kind of handicapped toilet yeah. that if nobody's in it, everybody uses. Yeah. And then there's two smaller ones. He went in the big one. Yep. He put his ice tea make room down for the laptop. Correct. <laughs> right. He put oh, his no. ice. He put his ice tea down on the side. Like on, up against the wall. Like that bar, you know, yeah, that goes yeah. around. Sets, okay. sets it there. I've did got his, the picture. Did his business. Okay. Forgot the iced tea. Mm-hmm. Funches, half an hour later, goes in, uses the same stall, sees it, and goes, oh, Mace must have forgot his drink. I'll take it to him. Can Punch I know up here? I, didn't, right? I did not use a stall yet. Okay. <laughs> I saw the drink. So you saw the drink. I saw your didn't drink. I saw the, the drink and it said, you know, it said Steve on it and it was a pink drink. And yeah. I know you drink the pink drink. Yes. So I said, yes. Mason left his drink in the bathroom. Yeah. Came back, so, dropped it off, so and then Funch, went back. Being a good Samaritan, yeah. drops it off. Mason immediately drinks out of it. Bergman horrified by this. Yeah. Because he fears 
Hey, no, no editorial comment yet. Oh, okay. Uh, he fears, Bergman, that that drink has somehow been contaminated in some way. Is that fair, Greg? Absolutely. Okay. In the Trav, particles in the air. any issue with Mason taking a sip out of the drink? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yes. No. Okay. No. I'm, a, I'm a firm yes. Uh, are you? Yes. Uh, Andy? Yeah, I'm on Andy, Team Travis. Andy, side are you on? What yeah. do you know? No, no, uh, uh, full disclosure, I had zero issue with Mason taking. Like, okay, yeah. I'll give you another one. I left this here yesterday. Uh-huh. Okay. I just forgot to take it. It's I I know it's around where I had it uh-huh. yesterday. Uh-huh. I'm assuming no one has touched it. Would you have a problem if I drank out of this no, right now? No, I would not. What's yeah. the difference? Because people yeah, aren't using the, the bathroom in here. Yeah, oh, wait a minute. It, are, Trav, are you telling me? <laughs> I mean, look, this is look, not You're telling me that the no, no. contamination Look how skinny the straw is. The top of the straw? You, you no. Know. Starbucks has the skinniest uh, straws. <laughs> they not, are protective. It's not a straw diameter issue. <laughs> what no, is it? it's, like, it's like a no. quarter-inch diameter. It's a people or monsters issue. Okay. So and, do you think someone has taken a sip out of it? No. I think that anything that is left in a toilet. Public restroom. Yeah. Okay. That why people use the toilet is right there, and there are a lot of really monstrous. No one's coming in it's here. It's not like it was there all day. I understand, but it's, it's there for more than, if you got back it was here. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. If you went there and came, oh, forgot my drink, and went back and got it, I don't have a problem with it. I have a problem with few people probably went through that stall in the time that it got brought back maybe, to you. Maybe, All I it don't... takes is one really dark, dirty soul to do something. Wait, to that you drink. think somebody would like, sabotage example, the drink? For I think example, it's possible. What? <laughs> what? What? What would this person said? That you're worried about what? Like what drop a, John, drop what, a Mickey what, in there. What, what, what the, <laughs> he's going to try and pee into the top a, a, of the no, straw, what, what and then I couldn't even hit that in my truck. Are we really turning this into like frat house stuff? Because I'll tell yeah. you what my problem is. Yeah, no, go okay. ahead. I what, lived in a fraternity you, for three you, years. You don't walk into the stall to take a leak, right? Uh, right, right. You uh, use okay. the urinal. I often do it. I'm with you. I'm with you. Target. Yeah, but, but let's say chances less are, much chances less are someone in that thirty minutes went in there to do something yeah. other <laughs> right. than number one. Yeah, right. Okay, he right. did other than number one. Half. He was already in there, <laughs> but not says, doing number one. It's my team. I'm not worried about oh, you. Oh, self doesn't matter. It's my own personal You're, drink. So it's gross. Some it's guy so gross. That is having. He's just a bad guy. He comes in there and says, "Gonna, you know." I'm going to put a little something on the side of that what? cup. Well, who would what? do that? What? What's you the purpose never, of doing that? Have you guys never looked at the no, news No, what's the ever? purpose of because sabotaging because people are, cup? Because people are terrible. <laughs> people but, are disgusting. But you think somebody would just second time in two weeks that I've determined you have no faith you just in asked, society. No, you just I don't. Asked what the purpose well, for, yes. While you were gone, Travis and I got <laughs> oh, into this. I'm speaking of John. Okay. So Let me tell this one story and you can update it. Okay. So Travis, an update, Travis says, like, I love the street I live on, particularly because I love my neighbors. I have great okay, neighbors. Got it. Travis, Travis's neighbor did him a favor yeah. last week. And then Trav felt awkward because the guy wanted to have a conversation. Well, what yeah. was the favor he did for you, Travis? So we had a leak in our sprinkler system. Yep. And I couldn't figure out how to get the water off to the sprinklers while leaving the water onto the house. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's a special sprinkler valve that okay. I didn't know exist. He did. He go, hey, no, no, you got to throw this switch. Okay. So me nice, he was nice just, job. He for was, sure. just, he was sure. just standing there making... So you're you're Travis, right? You do, you, you do like a radio show at ESPN, and Travis is like, yeah. No, 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 no. 
that that's not what it is. We've we've lived next to each other for seven years. Okay. Okay. We, we we've been. But you wanted out of this conversation as quickly as possible. That's right? true. That's okay. true. But it was it's always conversations that are about the bushes, about the trash cans left on the street from our neighbors. It's <laughs> right. just it's, look, it's all this, the stuff. This that guy I really saved could do your that. yard from getting flooded. <laughs> it, you can't have a five minute so you, conversation. You just with blew him off. Is no, that right? No. You I, just, I he stood, tried. Stormed I, off. No. <laughs> Stormed off. Made up, a, made up a phone call? I did not. Well, we're getting oh, warmer. Getting call. Hello. Hello. <laughs> All right, now what's the update? So what I did before was more like, oh, you know, shoot, I forgot. I need to go in. Oh, thank you so much. And I pulled the ripcord. Yeah. Okay? You, so you ghosted I'm driving home yesterday. Oh, no. Pull onto my street. He's out front. It's the first time I've seen him since this. And I have no idea if he listens or not. He might. Uh, I, right. I, don't, I, don't, uh, I don't know. Okay. He... Always, we'll kind of hang out and wait for me to get out of my car and we'll chit chat for a minute or two. Not yesterday, straight into the oh, house. Oh, is that right? Oh, this got back to it. <laughs> oh, it got yeah, back. Nessie, to him. now you've made a a situation that was tenable, untenable. <laughs> now this is totally, by the way, on Susan, your wife. How so? Uh, Jello mold, bun cake. <laughs> you want to send something no, over there? No, if I'm send Susan, I am not helping you. Yes. You fixed this. You created uh, this problem. You fixed no, it. This is my fault. You I have to I overcompensate. Will, oh, I'll no, say, now I I'll say this uh, to, to your point. Yes. We have a rule, and it's not really my rule. It's Juan's rule. He doesn't want to know any of the neighbors. I knew I he, liked one. He doesn't. He's like, we want to Why be left not? alone. He doesn't want to know the neighbors. I'm like, I don't know. I know that all guy's, my neighbors. I know all their like kids. Nice You're way too far the other way. Yeah. I want to be friendly with them, but yeah. I don't want to be friends. Does that make sense? Yes, completely makes sense. Like, yeah. I'll wave when yeah. I see him. Hey, whoever you are, nice well, to see Lon's you. Lon's looking good. Part of the reason why I think I'm I'm overly friendly is, as you guys know, most of you guys have met my son, Jack, who's a yes. special needs kid. He has no filter, all mm-hmm. right? So he's 20 now, but he grew up on this street. He's 20 now? Yeah. Wow. So, so you, if you walked up, if you were coming over to my house, Trav, and you parked and, like, you know, I gave you the address, and you uh-huh. parked, Jack would walk right up to you, and he'd go, who are you? Okay. <laughs> and you would go, I'm Travis. I'm friends with your dad. Travis, is this your car? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He wants the details. Yeah, he wants, like, he'll, he'll ask yeah. you, like, 15 questions. And he's done it to everyone on the street. And here's the thing, by so, the way. He remembers. Yeah, yeah. and he'll remember he like remembers. what you drove. He'll remember your wife's name. These kids have met. And so I feel like I at least owe these people the utmost kindness because my son has sure. already. Look, uh, I'm not defending fact- my way of life. <laughs> yeah. Okay? I'm just saying that this is the way that I am, except me warts and all. Yeah. I, I just, I, I want to say. I but now make this guy jo- is ducking you and going into right, the house. Right, because this feel feel like like is like an awkward situation. I feel like I kind of got what I wanted. I think uh, you should. You did, uh, but, it's not, but it's not what Susan wants, no, and now it's well, awkward. Yeah, a little bit. It is well, true. Yeah, you got see. the fixed sprinklers. And a neighbor that will never speak to you. I, oh, I'm, that's I'm going to chalk world. it up to a very timely coincidence. If it happens two times in a row. It's going to happen oh, again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's we'll going to happen again. We'll see. I, maybe I'll maybe that like Danny's point. I actually, I'll have to, hey, how are you doing? Bottle of scotch. Right yeah. I, feel yeah. like I, I actually something. feel like you played your cards perfectly. Thank you. You just need to see who around your neighborhood can fix other stuff. <laughs> Bring them in one time. Yeah, shine one time. Them. One by one, not you eliminate me. all these people. That is for sure. It's not Plus, Trap, but being a good neighbor is like, I've never, on our street, like, you would never need to buy anything. Like, the other day, some somebody sent a group, we have a group text on our street. Somebody said, I got a flat tire on my bike. Does somebody have a bike pump? 
Yeah, I got one. All right, come on, boom. You know, same thing. It it being but a see, good but, neighbor. But don't you, well, don't you, don't you there's want a, there's some a, sense of privacy at your house? No, Mace, see, I do. I'm, I'm I want some you. sense I'm of privacy. So the scenario that you just, if I were on, if big if the the group text on my street, right? Yeah. Okay, and if somebody said, "Do you have a bike pump?" I have a bike. I would say, absolutely, let me leave it out front for you. Right? Right. You wouldn't like <laughs> <laughs> And I would be happy to loan them my pump. But what I don't want is, hey, thank you for the pump. How about those ramps? Yeah. How about those Lakers? How about sure. my grass? On, How about my man. trees? I just, it feels performative. It's not like yeah, we're no, it trying is to get to know yeah. each other. DJ put in that position a lot with this job. Where but even mini- if it, I, I used a bad example. Let's just say, it was, well, how about this? Well, you know, it's going to be 100 degrees this weekend. Yeah, I do. Yeah. By the way, did you see the kickoff at the Rose Bowl? It's supposed to be 102. Are you still not going? Still going to see the Trojans. <laughs> well, at least with the Trojans, they play later in the day. I think that's a 3.30 kick. That 12.30 so kick Mason's at the Rose Bowl? So second half will be bearable. Yeah. Is it 11.30 kick? Yeah. 11.30. Yeah, 11.30 for that UCLA. That is four hours of just dead sun. Yeah. Right. Dead. So we, I go to the Rose Bowl every year. You guys know that that's kind of yeah, our family sure. thing that we yeah. do. Um, that's, a, that's a 2 o'clock kick. And the first hour and a half of that, and that's in January. You're just staring into that sun. Right. An 11:30 yeah. kick in August, or I guess it would be September by then. Oof. No thanks. Yeah, yeah no it's thanks. projected temperature 102. Mason in Ireland coming up next. Super Crosstalk is brought to you by Coors Light, keeping Southern California chill all season long.